Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. There was a sad day uh, several years ago uh, in Namibia when all the Nando's restaurants left. Uh, do you remember that day? Some of you probably have it marked on your calendar, the Day of Sadness, when Nando's left Namibia. I've been in grief for several years about this and uh, was having a conversation, uh, casual conversation with Shaston, who's with us this morning, about this tragedy of Nando's not being in this country. Any business people out there interested in bringing it back, I want to talk to you afterwards. But as we talk casually about this and that, uh, Nando's came up in the conversation because of my, my continued grief. And uh, I was informed uh, great news uh, from Shaston that there is a place in Bintook that sells uh, chicken and all the, the fixings and everything just like Nando's, and it's absolutely great. And I, my first thought was, well, how many years have I been missing this good news uh, here in this country? And so she pointed me in the right direction, and I've eaten there several times now, and yes, it does taste like Nando's, and oh, so good. Shaston, thank you for good news. If you've been uh, reading through the Bible with us, uh, we are in Hebrews. And so if you need to catch up, we still have time before the end of the year. We're reading through the Bible every year is what we do as a church. We're in Hebrews. And uh, I love the book of Hebrews. Uh, the book of Hebrews, as I love many other uh, books in the Bible, I'm often accused of, of what am I, whatever I'm preaching on being my favorite passage. Uh, but I love the book of Hebrews. Uh, it's written to... Um, Hebrews, uh, yeah, <laughs> people who speak Hebrew. And we don't know who wrote the book, but it is a great book that highlights the significance and supremacy of Jesus Christ for salvation. And a reminder to all of us who are still alive that there's still the opportunity to follow Christ. Uh, we're going to start today in Hebrews chapter 4. You're wondering now what Nando's has anything to do with the book of Hebrews. It's coming. It's coming. If you would look in your Bible uh, or on your, if you have a smartphone or whatever, or if a friend next to you has a Bible or smartphone, we're going to be in Hebrews 4. We're going to look at the entire chapter this morning. So uh, why don't you thumb your way there, tap your way there, but get to Hebrews chapter 4 because this first verse is where we connect now to Nando's. Here we go, Hebrews 4, verse 1. God's promise of entering His rest still stands. All right? I love it. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God's prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. In such a much more serious way, uh, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, hey, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. 
Something so much more important than chicken at Nando's, right? Something so much more important. And we don't want to miss it. We absolutely do not want to miss this incredible promise of God that he has for us. We're told in Scripture, all through Scripture, that as long as we're still alive, today is the day we can still follow him. God's offer of salvation is still available to you, to me. And every single one of you who's here this morning, every one of you who's listening online, because you're alive, God's offer still stands for you. The offer, the promise. The offer is what? God's rest. What is God's rest? This is the, 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 the promise of heaven, right? This is the, the promise of being in his presence with complete and perfect peace. Uh, let me read to you a, a great definition here, and then I'll try to break it down for you. The blessing of heaven, the dwelling place of God, the place he has promised to make persevering followers of Christ partakers after the suffering and trials of life on earth have ended. It's that place we're anticipating. It's a place that we're going to as followers of Christ. We know it's coming, that at some point we're going to have endless rest. Uh, and we're going to be rejoicing and celebrating in the presence of God. This is the promise of God. And His promise still stands. It wasn't just for a certain amount of time or for a certain period of your life. It is for all time. How do we enter this rest? Verse 3. It's limited to who? To those who believe. It's for everyone who believes. For only we who believe can enter his rest. Hebrews 4, 3. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. Hebrews 4 tells us that this incredible rest is promised. The salvation has been available since the creation of the world. Since the beginning of time, God has prepared for us this salvation. And His offer still stands today. While it is still today, this offer still stands. You might struggle with believing. After all, it sounds too good to be true for many of us. We think, well, this incredible rest... I don't have rest any day of my life. You mean to tell me that at some point I'm going to really truly be free of anxiety? I'm truly going to have this peace? Yes. It sounds unbelievable, right? It sounds extraordinarily too great, too much. And when we look at our lives, often we think, well, yeah, this may be true, but probably not for me. If you know my life, you know my history, you know my background, you would realize that this offer was only for special people, for good people, not for me. I don't know where you are this morning. It could be that you think that you don't deserve this incredible gift. It could be that possibly you struggle just with belief. Uh, it's a faith issue for you, possibly. A man uh, brought his son to Jesus. Uh, his son was having seizures. And so he, he, he had already brought his son to the followers of the disciples of Jesus for healing. And they were unable to help this child. And so he brought this son of his to Jesus. And Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out in Mark 9. You see this in verse 24. What does he say? I, I do believe, but help me overcome my what? My unbelief. I believe, but I don't. Please help me. Uh, please help me to overcome my unbelief. It's possible that you struggle just with faith, with believing. 
That is possibly, maybe possibly, how is this possible for you when you consider yourself and who you are? How is this possible that something so great could be given to anyone? So it's struggle. We struggle to believe because it's not like anything we've experienced in this life. We experience anxiety and worry and stress. But God is offering this to us. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Maybe you struggle with faith. Uh, Paul in Ephesians 3 uh, teaches us how to pray on the issue of our belief. This is what he says, Ephesians 3, verse 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Paul is encouraging us to pray for people who are lost so that they would have this faith. That from God's unlimited resources, they would be empowered to be able to have faith. Verse 17 of Ephesians 3 goes on to pray. says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you what? As you what? As you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. We become a child of God as we place faith in him, as we trust him. And we are encouraged by those who went before us to pray for those who struggle to believe in this incredible salvation. Maybe you're one of those people this morning who struggles with faith and you need people to pray for you and with you so that you can believe. The reality is, is that we, we, we struggle, uh, all of us do, sometimes with, with faith. Let's keep reading in Hebrews 4, verses 4 through 11. We know it is ready. This is salvation, this rest that's coming. We know it is ready because of the place in the Scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all of His work. But in the other passage, God said, They will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard his, this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering His rest. And that time is, say it with me, today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest that if we disobey God as the people of Israel did we will fall is God's rest available to anyone yes it is only kept from those who do not believe it's only kept from people who refuse to place faith in Christ it is not limited this incredible promise this gift of rest is not, limited to a, is not limited to a select group. It is God's desire that all find this rest. And, and the writers of the New Testament would affirm this over and over again. This is not just one spot in Scripture where we see this. This is affirmed by many. Look at 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 4. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are high in positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. Verse 4, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given in the proper time. Let's pause just for a moment this morning. And I want you all, all of us here, to evaluate our situation as we evaluate our ability to have faith. Are we struggling this morning with faith? Are we struggling with unbelief? Scripture is so clear in that God offers salvation to all people, all those who believe. God's rest still stands. God's promise of rest still stands. And it is offered to all people, all those who believe. Are you struggling with unbelief today? Maybe counting the cost a bit too much, evaluating yourself, evaluating the situation, not realizing that this promise is based on Him and not you. God is offering salvation to us. He's offering us rest. I want us to pause this morning. And if you're struggling this morning with, with just believing, I wonder if you would be willing to just to raise your hand. You don't have to raise it too high, but maybe so the people next to you can see it. Maybe just right there. And I would imagine that there's someone next to you who will pray for you. Could we pause now? There's a hand here. There's a few others. Let's just pause. Let's, let, let's pray. If you're behind or around these people, would you stop? Let's pray for them. Let's pray. Any others struggling this morning? Would you be willing to pray? Let, let's pause for a moment. And let's pray. Lord Jesus, every one of us, Father, have struggled with a lack of faith. We've all struggled with believing completely. Lord, we ask, based on your extraordinary power, your your excellence, God, that you would empower us to be able to, to take that step of faith. Pray, God, that this morning, too, you would remove all of the obstacles, all of the, uh, Lord, the, the evil that, that tempts us, all the evil that would, would stand in our way from believing. Well, we stand, we stand with you this morning, Father. We ask, God, that you would empower, give strength to those who struggled uh, to have faith. We love you. We praise you. We know, Father, that this decision is only possible. Our step of faith is only possible by your empowering. Help us overcome our unbelief. Amen. God's rest is available today. Today. And it's been available since the beginning of the world. God has prepared this from, from all time. But apparently, th this is an offer from God that we can refuse. And, and over and over again, we resist saying yes to God. We resist placing faith in Him. And many of our friends and colleagues and and family members resist the gift of God. And they miss out 
on, on so, so much. You see, the, the promise of God is, is, is not irresistible in the literal sense of that word. In, that, in other words, if we're saying that this is irresistible, the literal meaning of that would be that I'm unable to say no to it. I would say that this incredible gift of God is irresistible in the metaphorical sense, in that this gift of God is highly attractive. It's extraordinary. It's amazing. Uh, I would say that I, I that Dana's love is irresistible. My, that's my wife. If you don't know who she is, Dana, uh, irresistible. But but I did have the I did have the strength to say no. I, I could have said no. I didn't, but. I could have. So we can choose to neglect and to step away from this incredible offer. Every one of us has that ability, and that's why we're encouraged to warn each other. We're encouraged to pray for faith to, so that we would not say no to this extraordinary gift. Hebrews 4 continues, and in, in actually in chapter in verse 1, gives us the, the proper posture we should have related to this incredible salvation. How should we approach this incredible gift? God's promise of entering His rest still stands, Hebrews 4.1. So we ought to what? We ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Wow. When's the last time you trembled with fear that someone you know might lose out on this extraordinary gift. As I've been reading this chapter, I, I can't stop reading it. I've been reading it now for several weeks. And I've begun to pray this prayer, Lord, help me to truly have the right attitude about people's lostness. Help me to have the, the right understanding of what really is at stake. The writer to the Hebrews is saying, we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. This should frighten us to the bones that someone would miss out on this extraordinary gift. We should be afraid. Be afraid. Let it concern you deeply. What what the writer to the Hebrews is not saying is, oh, just no big deal. It's, no, if they're going to be saved, they're going to be saved. Don't worry about it. He's not saying that. They're going to be fine. No, they're not going to be fine without Christ. He's not telling us and inviting us to this casual approach to, to this situation, this reality. He's not saying just chill out. It's okay. Now if they're going to hear it, they're going to hear it. Chill. No. He's saying, tremble with fear. Tremble with fear that they might miss it. There's an urgency, and this urgency is all through the letter to the Hebrews. Look at Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? 
New Song Family Church and those of you listening online, this is more important than Nando's. Much more important than Nando's. This is your life we're talking about. And we are invited to choose him. His offer still stands. And we should tremble in fear at the thought of people missing it. It should concern us greatly, greatly, greatly. We can miss this salvation if we neglect it. You see, before you get to chapter 4, there's chapter 3 in the book of Hebrews. And there's this tragic warning in chapter 3, this tragic story of their ancestors, the people they were writing to. So the ancestors of the people that the author is writing to missed out on the rest of God because they disobeyed him. And chapter 3 is this warning to say, listen, your ancestors missed it completely, totally because they refused to believe. They refused to have faith. Your forefathers blew it because they refused to believe. That's what, he, that's what Hebrews 3 is all about, this huge, tragic warning. It's the people of Moses, the people who followed Moses. Forty years wandering in the desert, right? And still missing out on this incredible rest of the promised land because they just disobeyed. So he writes in Hebrews 3, the author says in verse 12, Hebrews 3, verse 12, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning, away, turning you away from the living God. Verse 13, You must warn each other how often? Every day. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. The writer is saying, this is urgent, guys. This is important. Don't put it off till tomorrow or in the next couple of days. Make sure you warn your family and friends today and do so every day. You must warn each other. He goes on to say in verse 15, remember what it says. Today when you hear his voice, don't Harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. While it is still today, don't harden your hearts. Say yes and receive this extraordinary gift. Jesus said this, Matthew 16, verse 26. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? No. There's nothing more important than this decision, than this promise of God that still stands today. You can receive it based on His grace, His kindness, His love, His power. He's saying, here, I give it to you. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I've been asking myself the last couple of weeks, why do I not tremble in fear at the consequence of missing out on God? Why, do, why am I not more afraid of the reality of those around me and myself, of the possibility of missing out on this extraordinary gift of God. Why does it not concern me enough? New Song Family Church and those of you online, how concerned are you for the lost? How seriously do you take this? Lord, help us to understand how serious this is. 
And Lord, increase my fear. <laughs> increase my trembling at the thought of lost people dying and going to hell. Let that concern me greatly. Lord, break our hearts. Lord, help me understand the real consequences of disobedience. Help me understand who you are, how powerful, how loving, and how just. Help me to understand how terrifying it is to fall from your favor. Lord, help me to understand. Lord, help me to take this seriously. Tremble with fear. I feel like I'm still a long ways off from trembling with fear. I feel like I need to increase still my awareness of, of those who are without him and, and really, really be more concerned than ever for this real problem. We're invited to this relationship with the great Jesus. The author says, listen, there's still time. It's still today. God's offer still stands. His offer of salvation still stands today. This is serious. This is serious business. And then he makes a case towards the end of chapter 4, again, of the Savior. Uh, not, not just that we can be saved, but the, the Savior, the one who actually makes this possible, he highlights and lifts up who he really is. Look with me in Hebrews 4. For the, God, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have such a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. The supremacy of Jesus, the author reminds us. And he's been talking about the supremacy of Jesus all the way through. And the hope, the Savior, the one who is the one who, who makes good on his promise that someday we will enter his rest. He says that Jesus is, is, is much better than the Jewish system of law. Much better than the Judaic system. All this, the Jewish ways of doing things says, no, that Jesus is much greater than all of those Jewish traditions and rituals. That's what the book of Hebrews is about. It says that Jesus is better than the angels. I don't know anyone today really who prays to angels. Maybe you do. Maybe you hope with angels. He says he's better than Moses. Better than even Moses who led you out of Egypt. And he's better than the Aaronic uh, uh, priesthood, uh, the priesthood that, was, that they knew about, the Jewish priesthood and the lineage of the priesthood. Saying that Jesus is the, the higher priest, the, the bigger one, the more effective, more, more capable priest. He's better than the law. He's better than any rules you might make up for yourself. He's better than the law. He's better than the Mosaic law. His sacrifice was once for all time, and his promise is airtight, unlike the law. So he lifts up, calling him the word, the priest. This is a reference to Christ. Hebrews 4, verses 12 and following is this reference. He talks about him as the word, and he refers to him in this passage as it and him, as a thing and a person, the word. 
often when we read this passage in Hebrews 4, we, we see it only as the written word of God. And yet he's saying that the, that the word is Jesus. The word is living and active. He describes this word as living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to cut deeply into you. And that there's nothing in you that can be hidden from him that he actually can penetrate to the deepest parts of your life and your thinking, your thoughts. This is the power and authority of Jesus Christ. He is the one who is offering you this rest, the one who sees you completely, and the one who can cut to the deepest part of your thinking, the word and the priest. The priest is the, the one that stands between us and scary Father God, right? The one who has authority to destroy us. Jesus intercedes on behalf of us. He is in between us and his Father, the priest, and he intercedes for us. And he's compassionate, he's loving, and he makes a case for us. And so he says, it's time to come boldly to the throne of grace. It's time to boldly come to Jesus because the priest is there. The word, the priest come the singularity of christ only christ the word not the words the word the priest not the priest the only priest because jesus is living he's powerful his capacity is complete to save us he discerns our innermost thoughts he's he's sharp, he's sharp because of the deepest levels he convicts us he understands our weaknesses hebrews 4 Verse 14 and 15 says this, So then we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do and yet did not sin. And I also want to show you Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 4, because this is how the book of Hebrews begins of lifting up the Savior and explaining to us how extraordinary Jesus really is. Let me read this to you. It's going to be up here as well. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And, and wait for it. Look at this. And he does what? He upholds the universe by the word of his power. Wow. Pause for a moment and think of that. Everything that we see around us, whenever you look up into the sky in the night, all of that he upholds with the power of his word. Wow. That's our, that's our Jesus. That's the one who's offering us rest. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Jesus is still living today, alive and active, and he sits beside his Father, interceding for us at all times. We see this all through Scripture, that he is continually, constantly making a case to his Father on your behalf, my behalf. Isn't that cool? We have the one who never stops praying, interceding for us. We're also told that the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit actually continues to intercede for us, always praying that we would come to him that we would be able to enter into this rest. Wow. And if we're wondering about 
the true authority and the expanse of his greatness. Look at Hebrews 2, verse 10. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist. This idea of Christ being uh, the, the one who all things are made by and for. This is the greatness of Jesus. This is the one who's offering us rest. Paul says this again in Colossians 1, verse 16. We've been made for him and by him. So God not only made us, but he made us for him. So he had a plan at the beginning of creation that we would be able to enter into a relationship with him. That's what Hebrews 4 says, right? From the beginning of time, God prepared this plan for you and me so that we would enter into his rest. That's the Father's love. How shall I respond to him? How will I respond to this offer this morning? Will I sit and just think about it some more? Casually? Like, Yay, that's interesting. Huh. <laughs> will I treat it casually? Or will I tremble in fear at the thought of missing it? Fear of missing out. <laughs> FOMO. You need to work on that. We need to work on that. Man, I don't want to miss out. Do you want to miss out? I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. God's promise of entering into his rest still stands. Praise the Lord, right? Ah, praise the Lord. His offer still stands. Hebrews 4. 6 through 10. Let's keep reading. So God's rest is there for people to enter, right? But those who first heard the good news failed to enter because they did what? They disobeyed God. So God said another time for entering his rest. And that time is, say it with me, today, 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 today. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. God said another time. Hebrews 3, verse 7. Let me read it to you again. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. So how should we respond to God today? How should you respond? How should I respond? We need to be really concerned about this, number one. Tremble in fear. We should be concerned about if we're going to miss it. We should be very concerned about if others are going to miss it, right? We're encouraged to tremble with fear at the thought of missing out. So in verse 16, he says this. Man, look at verse 15 first. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Right? He gets it. He understands where we come from. For he faced all the same testings we do and yet did not sin. So we have this one who's coming to save us, who understands exactly all of our temptations. He gets you. There's not anything you've done or whatever place you are in life that Jesus does not understand or get. There's nothing you can throw at God that's going to surprise God. Look at my terrible life. There's no way. No, no, no. We've seen it all. Jesus has seen it all. You are not going to surprise God. Remember, He's the Word who cuts deep. He sees everything. He sees everything. He's the one who's inviting you to this rest. Verse 16. So let us come. Well, how? How do we come? 
boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Why do we come boldly? Because there we will receive His mercy. We'll find grace to help us when we need it most. You're afraid about, you know, what's going to be like if you give your life to Christ? God's power and love, that's what grace is, is there for you. First, you'll be forgiven. You'll, 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 you'll experience the merciful Savior, the one who actually has compassion on you and understands your situation and can forgive you. You'll experience the loving, compassionate, merciful Savior. And so he says, come boldly. There's so many probably people in your life, my life, where I don't have confidence to go talk to them because I'm afraid of their response, right? Have you, you have people in your life like that? You need to talk to them, but just, I know if I talk to them, I know this is what's going to happen. Every time I talk to them, this is how they respond. I don't want to experience that anymore, so I'm not going to talk to them. We have people like that. All of us have people like that in our life. But sometimes we see God that way, that we pray, well, if I go to God, he's going to treat me that way. He's going to reject me. He's going to be rude. He's going to, he's going to judge me because I know what I've done. Well, God knows what you've done. He says, come boldly so that you can receive mercy and forgiveness in your time of need. Come boldly with confidence. Come boldly. Come boldly. You will receive mercy. Wow, it's a promise. You'll be forgiven. You'll find grace to help you when you need it most. And I would like to say to you this morning that you'll find grace ongoingly. This will continue in your life. Once you've given your life to Christ, once you've decided to follow, to receive this gift, God will continue to give you the grace that you need to continue to follow Him. It's His promise, the living God. It's not the dead God who is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the living one. You're being invited to, to meet the living one. The living one. Who will continue to walk with you. He promises to, to, to be our comforter, our healer, our, uh, the presence, the, the, uh, the sovereign, constant friend that we need to, to, to not just start the journey, but to continue the journey with Him. Whatever cost you think you're going to have to pay, I promise you, you have no idea the capacity of Jesus Christ in your life. There is no cost too great that is greater than neglecting this gift. The cost, the consequences of neglecting this gift, this offer, is much greater than any cost you think you'll have to pay by following him. Let's be afraid. Let's be concerned and let's come to the Father who can take our fear away, who can give us rest. Let's pray. And as I pray, I want to invite you, if you have not decided to receive this and decided to follow Christ, this is your day. When is salvation offered? Today. Today. Don't delay. I would love to talk to you. I would love to pray with you about this. I'd love to walk with you. Jesus offers this incredible gift to you this morning. And you need to take it seriously today. Today. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, we praise you. We thank you. Lord, thank you for for speaking so kindly to us, Lord. Uh, Thank you for for continuing in your kindness to give us time to follow you, to give us time to receive. Lord, this morning we acknowledge that there is not a single sin that's been done by anyone in this room or online that you're not aware of. And Lord, there's not a single sin or behavior here that is too big and too horrible that you cannot overcome, cannot save, cannot transform. So we just, we just declare that this morning, that Lord Jesus, this, this offer of salvation is, is truly for everyone. So we give you praise this morning. This is Rico Vecca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.